In e-commerce, everything moves fast. Fingers flick rapidly through Instagram posts. Emails are sent out in an instant. And products ship around the world in days. In this speedy world, your products and your marketing also have to keep up. Today, we're talking about the importance of adaptability and speed in e-commerce. I'm your host, Kara Hogan, and this is The Empowered Marketer. The Empowered Marketer is brought to you by Zayas, the B2C CRM. Learn how Zayas assists marketers in becoming more effective, efficient, and creative. Go to www.zayas.com to learn more. Charlie Hustle did something incredibly difficult. The brand created a t-shirt that became the symbol of a city, specifically Kansas City. A shirt with a simple KC heart design went viral back when the Royals won the World Series in 2014. But they haven't slowed down. Greg Moore, the chief operating officer at Charlie Hustle, explained that the brand has had to adapt and change quickly since then. One mega success is not enough for a sustainable business. And so today, they put out a new product every two weeks, expanding into college gear, exclusive licensing deals with pro athletes like Patrick Mahomes, and much more. Greg is now helping the brand grow and scale. He's a former journalist and made the switch over to e-commerce after getting his MBA. He worked for Pro Athlete, a huge distributor of baseball bats and gloves, where he managed their marketing and merchandising before moving over to Charlie Hustle. He explained that the brand really grew organically because of support from their hometown. Charlie Hustle is uh, it's an interesting case study because we started in 2012 and our owner, Chase, he really wanted to design t-shirts. His mother had passed away of cancer and she had been uh, vital in gear for sports, which is headquartered here in Kansas City, but has got national brand appeal. And she was kind of over all of marketing. So he had that experience. He knew that's what he wanted to do, kind of bring that vintage, made fresh feel back to t-shirts. He designed 16 designs and printed them on t-shirts back in 2012. And the 16th one actually was the KC Hart. So uh, it became the unofficial t-shirt of all Kansas Cityans when the Kansas City Royals went to back-to-back World Series in 2014, 2015. And all of a sudden, everybody was wearing the shirts. It was more organic. It was grassroots. There was something very Kansas City about it. And so that's what helped build Charlie Hustle. Uh, Obviously, it grew really fast. And so with that, there were some inefficiencies, which we can talk about later. But um, that's really how the company started. Kansas City is extremely important to us because that kind of is the same thing um, with the Charlie Hustle story. Chase wanted to, the company wanted to pursue college licenses. The thought was there wasn't really a cool retro vintage feel in the college market. There was an opportunity there. And it just so happened the 16th design was this Casey Hart shirt. So it pivoted really quickly into civic pride. So Kansas City became very important. In fact, back in 2014, 2015, made about 90% of revenue. However, that's changed. We want that focus to still be on that Kansas City pride, that civic pride, because the Kansas City heart still does very well. We have some other things that kind of uh, we know as Kansas Cityans that we gravitate to that we would like to represent and wear. However, college licenses are still very important to us. So we've done a good job of uh, creating this stable of very powerful university brands, University of Kansas, University of Missouri, Kansas State University that are very vocal still. So it kind of 
kind of mixing both of them, but we want to expand that even further, kind of own the Midwest, really. So Iowa, Iowa State, you know, Nebraska, Oklahoma, we'd like to expand there and grow it even further than that, but still maintain that really vital Kansas City base, because at the end of the day, that's where we're headquartered. That's who we are. That's kind of the city that helped create us. I love the idea that the t-shirt kind of went viral in Kansas City and just like became a thing that everybody wears, which is which is great. It's not not every day a business can say that. Right. Yeah. So how often do you put out new products and decide to, you know, go after a different new school or a new sport? Because, for example, I really loved the Patrick Mahomes Showtime tee that I saw on the site and thought that was really, like, obviously very timely um, since he's, he's a rookie. But uh, so when do you come out with new products and how do you decide what to, what to do? Yeah, that's the hard part. It's, uh, you know, making T-shirts, it's, you unfortunately have to kind of be adaptable. Patrick Mahomes is a great example. He took the NFL world by storm, really, ever since September, but uh, certainly more recently. There were a lot of apparel companies, not only here in Kansas City, but nationally, that were using his likeness or using his name, and that's illegal. Like You can't really do that, and uh, we, I think in 2012, 2013, maybe those are things we could get away with because we could play the, oh, we're small, we're not established. We can't do that anymore. Uh, so we did it the right way. We're actually the only officially licensed t-shirt company making t-shirts with a deal with Patrick that's allowed us to kind of grow that brand because he knows that we can be trusted. Obviously he's making money, uh, for every shirt that we sell from him. But basically we, we try to be very strategic with our partnerships. We would love to be more out in front to where we might know when something's coming in three months, but something like Patrick Mahomes or, um, other things that we kind of have in the works. They are so dependent on team success, so dependent on player success, so dependent on just what makes sense, what's really organic at the time. Um, that all said, we do try to release a new product once every two weeks. We see it as an opportunity to keep everything fresh, get something else out there in the marketplace, get people talking. And the hope is they see something like a new Patrick Mahomes t-shirt or something that's about Kansas City playoffs and maybe that apparel doesn't make sense for them, but it's a call to arms of, okay, here's Charlie Hustle, just a reminder. And they might uh, see something they like on our site or at the store. From an operational perspective, how tough is that to be constantly putting out new shirts and having to have new product lines that can change all the time? I never thought it would be so difficult to look at how a t-shirt is made. When I think <laughs> of a t-shirt, I think, oh, they, they have a design, they print it and it's right there, maybe the five minute process. That's not true. Our manufacturing partner who uh, we go with because they create high quality material is out of California. We have to order that, they have to ship it to us. That's a long time window. Not only that, we then have to print it. And that's not a five minute thing. We have to make sure the art is right, set it, uh, have the right paint. So it's like two different stock levels. One, which is very hard operationally to manage, and then two, uh, once that's set, the job's not done. We now have to have a plan in place to market it. We have to have a plan in place on stock levels. We have to have a plan in place on how many shirts are going online, how many shirts are going to our retail store here, how many shirts are going to our retail store here. Wholesalers, where do they play a part? Amazon, where do they play a part? And a lot of times it's a moving target. You know, There's uh, tangible products that maybe they, like uh, earbuds, 
they produce something new once a year, they can look at historical data. T-shirts, that's really hard. We can do something like this design, Casey Hart, and maybe switch the colors out to where this is navy, this is light blue, and have something to go off of. But that's not true of like something like a Patrick Mahomes t-shirt that just came out on the market and we have nothing to go off of. We don't know how people are going to accept it. We don't know, you know, if people who run smaller size are the ones that are going to be doing most of the buying or if it's going to be the triple XL people. So because of that, it's it's really difficult to have every single operational element ironed out because at the end of the day, there's a lot of guesswork involved. We've taken steps to introduce you know, focus groups. We've taken steps to maybe get more feedback from the wholesalers and make our buys based off that. But again, it's a, it's a moving target. It's very difficult. It's a funny thing to think, oh, this you know, fun sports t-shirt, how much thought and time and care and effort goes into giving it to the audience that, that wants it. I think people forget about that sometimes. Uh, and so because it's such a niche product and you're really serving these very specific sports fans, how do you reach that audience? How do you find them and figure out who's actually a fan who might want that Patrick Mahomes shirt or that, you know, Kansas City shirt? It's interesting because Charlie Hustle's probably got the one thing that's impossible for a company to have, which is like this really cool factor, this organic growth. And so anything we release luckily has a built-in group of influencers that can help us out became very popular too back in 2013, 2014, because Paul Rudd, uh, who's a very famous actor, said this was his very favorite t-shirt. In fact, the one I'm wearing. Uh, He said that in a national interview. uh, And then Jason Sudeikis all of a sudden was wearing one of our shirts. That said, what we do now, because we can't have that for every single t-shirt design, like Paul Rudd's probably not going to put one of our shirts. However, our email marketing list is very strong. We get 30% of our online traffic from email marketing. We try not to inundate uh, people with too many messages. We send out about two or three emails a day. They're segmented. And then social media is huge for us. Like everyone else, we do Facebook ads, but even just the organic posts do very well for us. We like to think because, again, we're not annoying people three times a day or even once a day. We're trying to get something that's more, hey, here's top of mind. Here's something inspirational. Here's, uh, Here's a new product release here's something new and this is why it's cool because it's tied to the Kansas City Chiefs playoff run or something like that. Uh, It's been very effective for us for a long time. Certainly we're trying to adapt to the way things are changing. You know, people aren't buying retail stores anymore. So how can we get more foot traffic without completely alienating our online audience? Um, Those are things that we have to take into consideration. But luckily email marketing and social media are strong points. And then there is still a huge component of influencers, people talking about us, referrals, that a lot we haven't even tapped into yet, but there's still that presence out there, people talking about, wow, Charlie Hustle is so cool, or Charlie Hustle has quality material, or did you see that shirt that Charlie Hustle just did? Um, we have a very good brand awareness out there. So you mentioned a lot of the the reach you have through social media is actually organic. Um, and I did see that you have a really big Instagram following. So how do you think about using these channels strategically besides just making a cool post or or showcasing a new product? Every single post is strategically done. There's nothing that we throw out there that's not thought about as a team. And there's a reason for that. Again, we started as kind of an influencer company. We really relied on people talking about us. That's still very true today. I think social media, as you know all too well, it's so hard to quantify. Because what you see, and there's tools now like Google Analytics is what we use to see how much traffic 
um, an Instagram post brought us. And that's, that's great. At the end of the day, that's, those numbers are going to pale in comparison to a, an email or, you know, something on the site being clickable. It's really more about brand awareness. And so social media will always play a huge part for us. We try to hone it in and only really focus on Facebook and Instagram are huge for us. At the end of the day, we're very visual. Uh, we're showing a t-shirt. And so those two platforms are remarkable for that. We have a space on Twitter and then like some of the bigger ones. However, we don't do anything with Snapchat. We don't do anything with Reddit. That's kind of done on purpose. We we want to hone in and make sure the big ones are done well um, rather than spend only percentage amount of time on Facebook and then because we're trying to get everything out on all these channels. We, we really made a strategic play to focus on the big players and then everything else will just kind of happen. And so that's, that's really what we do. We only post three times a week. Uh, sometimes we'll go crazy and post four times a week on like an Instagram or Facebook. But it goes back to the point that we try not to be annoying. We want everything to be like we're your best friend talking about it. And that's, from what we've seen, that's worked really well for Charlie Hustle because people see us as we're, we're not trying to get into people's back pockets. All we're doing is trying to make really cool shirts and really cool apparel that people will love and it'll become their favorite t-shirt, their favorite sweatshirt. That's our goal. Something we've been talking about a lot at Zayas actually is the idea of how much technology has impacted marketing and how the roles changed a ton in the past, you know, five to 10 years. So I'd love to hear how you've like experienced that yourself. Like what skills do you have now that you never imagined you'd be able to do before? What like platforms are you using that you're like, I didn't even know about that a couple of years ago? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I was a broadcast journalism major. At the end of the day, if I knew how to use a camera, I was good to go. That whole world's changed as well as, as every single job. Uh, but for my purposes personally, like I had no idea what SEO meant three years ago. I had no idea how to what a Google ad campaign meant or how effective it could be. Amazon, like I sold to them 10 years ago. I never knew how important they would be in this world. And then site construction, not just the SEO elements, but how important it is for your uh, schema markup and just things mm -hmm. that you would never consider. A lot of that I learned at Pro Athlete because I had to uh, or else just fats.com was going to fail. It's more pressure being here at Charlie Hustle because it is such a small company. We're a little limited in resources. But I set up all of our Google ad campaigns in November. We weren't currently on Google ads. There's so much you can do there that I think it's crazy. I think the world knows about sponsored ads on Google. But anybody I talk to and I'm telling them about my job, they're like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. Like, there's still so much opportunity out there. Uh, Amazon, same thing. We didn't launch on Amazon until July of last year. We only have a handful of products on there. It does very well. We treat it as another wholesaler, um, but it takes a lot of time. And then site construction, uh, you know, we use platforms like Shopify Plus. It's very powerful. It makes a lot of the things that uh, normal people like you and I, marketers, might not know how to do. It puts in guardrails. However, there's so many things that you can still take advantage of. There's just things like that. Uh, we, we are very fortunate here at Charlie Hustle to use the Google Suite. So we do gmail.com. With that comes 
Google Webmasters, Google Analytics. That is all so powerful because there's so many platforms out there that'll give you heat maps on, hey, here's where your customer's going and clicking or converting. But that's all there for us in Google Analytics, uh, Google Webmasters. I can see maybe what pages people are visiting and what keywords I'm using. So to really take a deep dive and analyze that stuff, that's where there's a lot of importance. You know, we talk about personalization in the marketing world, but how do we know what our customers are looking for? Anything to do with Google, especially Google Analytics, that platform is so powerful. And not just for marketers. I'm a COO now. Like the whole company should know how to utilize that, where to look, and how we can better use things uh, that Google Analytics is telling us on any platform we do use. I'd love to talk about customer loyalty since you mentioned getting people to come back and buy again and again, which seems like since you always have new products, why not? So, so how do you incentivize buyers to come back and really continue to engage with them over time? I think this is something that uh, customer loyalty, um, any company struggles with. We are very fortunate. Uh, 67% of our online traffic last year were returning customers. Um, we have a very strong brand, especially in Kansas City. And when people buy one of our t-shirts, they're invested and they realize how great the t-shirt is, how it feels comfortable and quality. So we don't have a hard, hard time getting returning customers back. However, our, we launched a loyalty rewards program early last year and it did very well. It attracted people, people signed up, but then the engagement stopped because at the end of the day, we weren't providing value. We mm. actually revamped everything in November and we're looking to revamp it even more in 2019 because we had to look at it and say, okay, people sign up because they get a X amount off their next order. So are they just doing it for that or are they really loyal to Charlie Hustle? And what we saw based on the statistics was they were just signing up to get that uh, 10, 15% off their next order. We need to do better at providing value and every single customer loyalty program needs to do that. And it's easier said than done, but things that we've talked about are, okay, if, you, if you've uh, bought X amount of dollars at Charlie Hustle, how can we incentivize you again to come back? Is it free shipping? Is it providing an exclusive t-shirt design? Those are things that we're talking about or an event that we have with maybe the kicker of the Kansas City Chiefs or a Paul Rudd because he's in town. You know, the people that are signed up for our loyalty rewards program, those are the people that have made us. So how can we give them better opportunities to maybe be in the front row of said events or ensure that they have a ticket to that event? Um, those are the type of things that are going to make our customer loyalty program really, really strong uh, moving forward. Because right now we have those returning customers. We need to treat them like their family. We never want to lose them. We want to give them the best experience ever. And we want them to go out there and say, hey, uh, best friend, guess what? Charlie Hustle got me uh, a chance to meet Paul Rudd just because I'm a supporter. Like That's what we want. I love that idea. That's great. I'm all about the experiential marketing. I think it's great. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I always like to wrap up interviews by kind of asking you some personal questions about your life and your career. So let's talk a little bit about failure. What was one time that you failed and what did you learn from that experience? I've been with Charlie Hustle for four months now, but we failed in web development. We did. And, uh, I was even, I played a part in that. 
we had a company that wasn't based in Kansas City as our theme developer, kind of develop our site. And admittedly, I'm the most technical person here in the building, which is scary. But um, that's why we had to outsource it. Well, we did, and they did the bare basics. And there was no, there was almost like knowledge silos built in. So we didn't make sure that we were being educated on what we could do to optimize what they were building. And so um, it was a two-way street. And uh, my first two months, I I kind of played the part. I I signed off on things, and I went down that road. What I learned was that was the wrong road. So we took a step back uh, right before the turn of the year, and we said, okay, what makes sense for us? So we actually got just kind of a freelancer here in Kansas City, someone that can hop into the office, see what our culture is about, see who we are, that can really help us. It's one thing to build the technical aspects of a website, but it's another to make it usable for everybody and make it to where it makes sense for that company. And for us, we're so Kansas City focused. Our mistake was going outside of here, outside of Kansas City, and trusting someone that we couldn't see face to face. We couldn't sit down and say, actually, our culture is this cool sports, retro, vintage t-shirt brand, vintage made fresh. Uh, we can do that now. And so now we're positioned to really take advantage of some of the building blocks that we've put in place. And not only that, make sure it's done right and that every single person in the company, I don't care if you're folding t-shirts, if you're marketing, if you're the COO, the owner, it doesn't matter. You should be able to see why this was built and potentially how you could change certain elements of the website if need be. That shouldn't be where we have to pick up the phone or wait on an email to make a change to our site. And that, that, that was honestly the, the biggest thing I learned. I didn't trust what we already had here in the building and trust that the city that loves us has embraced us so much that we couldn't find someone here that could just take us to the next level for our website development. And luckily we've corrected that. Yeah, you're certainly not alone in having a challenging uh, website update. I feel like every marketer everywhere has would would sympathize with that, including me. So it's <laughs> good to know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we talked a little bit about this in terms of like technology and data and all of that. But how do you feel that your role has changed the most in the past few years? And what do you think is going to matter the most for B two C businesses in the future? Wow, two great questions. So one, uh, my role, I was a marketer. You know, I was over to development team, so I was a technical project manager, but that allowed me to jump to a digital marketing manager. That experience helped me become a COO. Uh, and I think a lot of times, I think a decade ago, even probably five years ago, uh, marketers were kind of put in this box where it was like, they're just painting silly, fun pictures and getting it out there. But that's not true anymore. Um, a lot of times we didn't have the tools necessary to kind of show people, hey, here's the quantifiable measures of how I brought people to the site or I made this amount of revenue off an email that we spent time putting together a plan for. That's not true anymore. There are so many ways to get that analytical data out there that it's proven that how vital marketing is to a company even just how like other uh, brands are growing, Google, Facebook, how are they doing that? Through marketing, through advertising. And so marketing has kind of permeated itself and woven itself into the fabric of every single company, not in like a, 
it's 20% of our company. And like, I, well, man, it affects every single point of our company. That experience and learning how to start something from the ground up as a digital marketer and really self-taught myself a lot of things and learned uh, trial by fire a lot too, because that's what marketing is. Sometimes you're not going to be right. I want to become a chief operating officer without that uh, experience. I'm still very marketing heavy because I know how vital it is to, especially our business at Charlie Hustle, but any company really, I, it can't be ignored anymore. And so while there's operational elements in the warehouse and there's financial elements that all make sense, at the end of the day, we're not going to make money unless we market ourselves correctly. We're not going to be efficient unless we market ourselves correctly. And we're not going to have streamlined processes unless we market ourselves effectively. Our site, our retail stores aren't going to be successful unless we get the best customer experience uh, imaginable, and that all comes down to marketing. So how B2C is going to here in the future, whew, you know, I wish, I wish I had the crystal ball that I could tell you. At the end of the day, ease to buy. You know, there's a reason Amazon is so successful. Amazon Prime, uh, Alexa, like all those things. How does every other company compete with that? Make it for the customer give information where it makes sense don't don't throw everything in front of their face like personalize it um, make the experience where they're going to want once they get that package or once they pick it up in the store they're gonna to want to tell everyone they know how amazing that experience was that was true 20 years ago it's true today and it's going to be true 20 years from now want your very own Mahomes t-shirt go to charliehustle.com for more info and thanks for listening, everyone. If you're enjoying the podcast or if you even have an idea for the show or some other feedback, you can always email me at empoweredmarketer at zayas.com or tweet at me, Hogan 27 Thanks so much, and I'll see you lovely humans again in two weeks.